Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is Dr. Keith Gomez, uh, Pastor Emeritus of Northwest Bible Baptist Church and the founder of Providence Baptist College. Preacher, welcome back. Good to be back. Thanks so much for being with us. And you just uh, retired a year ago right. and from the pastorate of the church. And I wanted, and this is your first time back right. uh, in the ministries of Northwest. Preached for us this past Sunday and uh, teaching at the college uh, a couple days of modules. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the transition uh, that took place. Obviously, it was a day, but it was a day that was planned for long before. And I've never been a part of a transition uh, from one pastor to another. And other people, I suppose, who have, have said it was the smoothest transition they've ever seen in a church. I'll have to take their word for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you've been around for quite a while. Maybe you've seen some church transitions, helped churches with that. Um, what did we do? Where did we get the ideas? How far back were we planning uh, for something that took yeah. place just a year ago? Uh, first of all, it's, it's a joy to be back. Uh, as I said, uh, Sunday, it's like uh, it's like I'm going back for a one-night date with an old girlfriend, right? <laughs> but uh, this yeah. is Cajun Day. we got Cajun Day today and then Camo Day tomorrow, so I want everybody to understand if they're watching this that I'm normally dressed up, but uh, I'd rather dress down than up. But, uh, I agree. Uh, go hunting, but uh -huh. anyway. But uh, it, it's amazing. Yeah. Um I, I've watched down through the years transitioning. That's a bad word today, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to explain yourself. Uh, huh? People, people are want me to write a book on uh, how to transition. I said, <laughs> boy, that'll get that'll, that'll get a lot of attention. Uh, but um, I, I've watched it down through the years, and I saw a lot of failures in the sense of uh, when the the guy that's been there for the long time. Mm -hmm. When he moves out and somebody comes in, the church many times goes down and crash and burn. Shouldn't be that way ever. Yes, sir. Ever. There's other, I guess, denominations or whatever. Sometimes when they make a transition, the church goes up. Well, that's what mm -hmm. should happen if, you know, as guys age. And uh, my, my position has always been <clears throat> not to over, overstay your welcome. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys they're married to a paycheck, and so they gotta they gotta stay. And when they had it real going on, when they had a lot of energy and and things were going well, you know the church was here. They began to get uh, older, and mm -hmm. they don't have the energy and you know problems and heartache and and uh, problem people sometimes wears them down. And then it's that way in every profession in the world, pretty much. Now, the thing about it, with age comes tremendous wisdom, mm -hmm. which most young men do That's not true. have and will never have until mm -hmm. they get older. That's why you got to tap into the wisdom. I always did that. I remember Brother House told me, he said, uh, Keith, I, I noticed that all of your speakers that you're having are all the old men. And that's tremendously wise. I knew well enough to know that I could sit with them and uh, tap into their wisdom, and I did that. I never had my peers come in. I always had mm -hmm. these older men. So <clears throat> when I watched that happen, I, I thought that, you know, uh, there's going to come a day, one day in the future, when I'm going to have to transition out. 
and I got to thinking about how that needs to be done. I've never seen it done the way we did it. I have heard because of Dr. Buchanan, different ones tell me that when they made the transition, in other words, he would preach a Wednesday. The you know head pastor would preach a Sunday morning. He'd preach a Sunday night. The head pastor would preach a Wednesday night, and it rotate out. Okay. I got to think that that's that's okay, but it's not. It, to me, it's not turning the hearts of the people toward the next guy. Mm-hmm. So I got to thinking that uh, for all these 40 years, I've traveled, pastored, and traveled virtually every week, preached somewhere. So I thought that, man, it'd be good. And a lot of times I'd like to stay over Wednesday in revival and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm preaching, you know, Sunday, Monday through Wednesday revival. But I had to come home for Wednesday night. Got it, yeah. And no matter where I'm at, I've got to get back. And mm-hmm. boy, sometimes it's, it's a tough thing. And I won't go into all that. But but uh, then I got thinking, well, if I could give uh, Brother Kevin a Wednesday nights, and mm-hmm. I told him, I said, if you can take what I have here and let the people know that you can teach and preach the Bible, I said, they'll they'll start turning their eyes from me to you. Most preachers will not, excuse me, most preachers will not allow to do that because they're really very jealous. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite understanding the jealousy part uh, especially of young men, but especially old men too, that they're jealous about the people's heart being transferred. Mm-hmm. I've always shared my people with my staff. Whoever my people want to be a blessing help to has been fine with me. I, I appreciate my people loving my staff too. A lot of preachers get jealous of that. I'm not quite sure why, but anyway. So I figured that if I gave him Wednesday nights, and he could he could uh, solidify himself as a teacher and preacher, and mm-hmm. their eyes would turn toward him. Then I was gone a few Sundays, and so okay. he understood what it was to take a Sunday over and all. Everybody thinks they got it all figured out, but they really don't. And then as you get to where we're at, sometimes you find out you really didn't have it figured out anyway. But uh, you had it more figured out than some of the young men. But I'm saying that, that uh, I knew that was the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. because of that, uh, we were able to step aside, and it seemed like nobody missed stride. Yeah. And that's what happened. You mentioned something that um, I think was profound. You talked about how older preachers, uh, they'll just hang around because they're married to a paycheck. Ultimately, the ability to transition this way was not necessarily a ministry-driven decision as much as it was as a personal, financial-driven decision where you had the ability to yeah. step away from the pastorate and, you know, easily transition another guy in. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, I, I've been going around the country, of course, now for many, many years now, mm-hmm. trying to teach younger men like yourself that's pastoring. Men, you better start doing something. Yeah. And if you need me to come in and talk to your men, I'll gladly do that and have. I've done that in quite a few ministries that were actually pretty good-sized ministries, younger men, uh, done one in Iowa that you'd know of, mm-hmm. and they were not doing they were not doing enough for the preacher in his housing, not doing enough anything for him in retirement. Okay. So some somehow these young men need to set up some retirement situation where they're not married to a paycheck, mm-hmm. and and everybody has that out there, and yep. some preachers don't. And when the time comes when they they need to step aside, they can't. They can't. Mm-hmm. And, and most preachers don't want to be a you know a greeter at Walmart. And there's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but most pre- preachers don't want to do that. Yes, sir. So um, somewhere they got to get that that thing right, mm-hmm. and um, and so uh, God allowed me to do that. And then the church finally, for all of those many years, I didn't take a, a raise, 
and mm-hmm. I refused them for years. Yeah. Cheating my family, I shouldn't have done that. I was young, again, inexperienced and ignorant, but I shouldn't have ever done that, but I did for many, many years. Then they did something for the wife, you know, mm-hmm. because I wouldn't get the right. And then one time we had a band just mutinied my, my, my meeting. My men's meeting just turned his back. He said, you know, he ain't going to take no raises. I'm going to make a motion that we give him a couple hundred dollars a week raise. I just wept. I mean, I saw, I remember I called the wife, said we can start dressing the kids better. So a lot of this was my fault uh, because of not taking him. But then I got to the point where I never discussed my raises. And you can get all the tapes and look at it and listen yeah. to it. I don't want to talk about money in me. So uh, then somebody suggested just do a cost of living raise every year. And that's what we did. We never discussed Okay. salary anything or raises so that's what we did and the lord allowed that 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 sum to come up quite a bit mm-hmm. but then the church also one of my men said we need to do something for the preacher concerning his retirement and that's what they did so it worked out well and i was able to to do that able to step aside so thanks um we've talked about the process of the transition um do you mind if we talk about the man uh, in the transition uh obviously you picking or recommending uh, the next pastor to Northwest Bible Baptist Church was something that probably weighed heavy on your mind for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you you probably saw a 10-year plan. I need mm-hmm. someone to be, mm-hmm. you know, with me on this 10-year plan. You just didn't want to call somebody from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, how? What criteria were you were you looking for, and mm-hmm. how long were you looking, and yeah. what, how long would you recommend a transition take place where a co-pastor and pastor situation happens? Just had a preacher. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm. I'm actually dealing with like three or four preachers now in transition, uh, trying to, and they're yeah. asking me what to do. Uh, one guy didn't have anything, any retirement, and he yes, told sir. me, say, I have no retirement. So I told him what to do, and I, I actually preached in a church and preached to his men, and they, his men came to me and said, preacher, everything you said we needed, and we're going to meet with the pastor, and they did. Mm. And I, I think they gave him a couple hundred thousand dollars, but he had nothing. They had wow. not done anything for him yeah. because he didn't set that up. Um, as far as... Uh, Choosing someone, uh, I'm dealing with several preachers on that too. Who and what and how? Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find somebody that uh, understands servitude. You never be a great leader unless you're a servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I was with Doctor Buchanan, um, and um, so I've always honored my preachers, uh, Doctor Smith. I just finished preaching with him, Doctor Smith, and Doctor Buchanan and Doctor Hiles. I always uh, bragged on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the pulpit everywhere I've gone to this day, everywhere I preach, people will know who they are because I bragged on them. Because I know who got me here, mm-hmm. and most people don't understand that. And when something is given to you as great as salvation and then training and teaching, you need to make sure that everybody remembers those individuals. You better remember where you came from. Yes, so I, I've always done that. So uh, when you're looking for somebody to to take the helm. You got to look for, for a servant. So I had a lot of people I could choose from here on st- that's here on staff. Mm-hmm. The problem I have sometimes is that the preacher will turn it over to a pulpit committee. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that's the way it's been done. Mm-hmm. And when they give it to the pulpit committee, they will then do a pastoral search. So they'll send out different feelers. Then you got somebody that will, you know, send their resume in or whatever that is. And so yeah. uh, then. Uh, it becomes a preaching contest. I don't want to be unkind, but what does layman know about who the church needs mm-hmm. 
if it turns into a preaching contest. So it's the one who can preach the best and shout it out or whatever. Man, he can really preach. Well, yeah, yeah but is his family right and is his finances right? Is his morals right? You know, does he meet the criteria? You know, we do we do the pastoral uh, qualifications. Normally, sure. have you been married before? You know, but how about hospitality? Mm-hmm. That's one of the yeah yes, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of things that that involve um, qualification of pastor. But the one thing I looked for and I had <clears throat> was that servitude. So won't go into the details, and it's no, nobody's business. But Brother Kevin, uh, I asked you know told him to come back here, and we were going to try to get him in a ministry somewhere, pastor somewhere. When he got here, he just started serving, you know, mm-hmm. doing things, and then he was. And, and, uh, it's not that he did things for me, but mm-hmm. he he did that, and and when he saw things, and I go, man, it'd be sad to let this guy just go. Let me put him on staff and did. Then when I did that, I even saw more. And I want to say this the right way, but I mean, what I saw in him is what I was for Dr. Buchanan. He was doing for me what I was doing for Dr. Buchanan. He would watch every little thing and see every little need that I would have and serve the pastor. So I just figured that this, this, would be, this would be somebody that I'd be interested in. So I approached him and asked him, did he think that he could handle something like this? Now, it's very dangerous because most churches this size would always get somebody that's extremely experienced and already built a church mm. and had pastored a long time. Proven, yeah. I had a man call me yesterday. He said, man, I got two men. I can get a 60-year-old guy, gray-haired 60-year-old, a young man. And he said, this young man had been a sister pastor. He'd never done anything, never built anything. He said, what should I do? And I said, well, that's what I did. Yeah. But I've watched and mentored a bit with Kavanaugh to the point where I understood that that could happen. Now, greatness is not, and leadership is not in preaching ability. It's in actually leadership, mm-hmm. and there's a difference. I've heard some guys couldn't preach their way out of wet paper bag, but great leaders, and they built big churches because they're great leaders and knew how to organize and know how to do those mm-hmm. things. So if you can get both, you got a good deal going, right? Yes, sir. But, um, so, but, but greatness is not in years. It's in decades. So I'm going to be just straight up, man. Yeah. There's still proof in the pudding, and there's going to be there's going to have to brother Kavanaugh and Northwest going to have to prove itself mm-hmm. over the next ten and twenty years. It's not just right now. Yeah, I think I made the right choice, and I think things were going well, or I wouldn't have wouldn't have done this. But to think that we could get somebody out there that we did not know to come in when we had somebody in here that we did know, to me was wisdom. And uh, it's obvious as as the church is moving now and and moving on. That's what I wanted to do. I prayed mm-hmm. all the time, Kim and I, that the church would continue to go. I didn't get forty years of my life in here for this thing to be destroyed. Yes, sir. Yeah. But sometimes young men take it another way. Mm-hmm. I've heard so many horror stories where young men will take a ministry and change it to the point and then run the old man off. It is sad and sick. And that young man will reap that. But I've, I've, yeah. I'm discussing that with several preachers across the nation. It's really sad. I didn't want that. So by having someone intact like that and knowing and watching the mm-hmm. character of the individual had everything to do with my choice. One last question. Um, in this transition time, your interaction with Pastor Kavanaugh, are there certain kinds of conversations that you would recommend the pastor to have with the, you know, young man who may be transitioning into that position, you know, I don't know if it's a heart-to-heart of some kind of, you know, 
periodically, hey, I want to make sure, you know, give you my philosophy on finances, give you my philosophy on this. Here's what we do oh, yeah. at Northwest, and what what topics do you? Yeah, need to cover? we did that. I mean, we discussed, and he was around long enough to know know how the thing operated. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we talked about that, and and I told him, I said, you're you, you're not me, so mm-hmm. you're gonna do things things different. But what what saddens me a lot of times, even about you, David, or, or anybody, him, mm-hmm. they were not here in the early years mm-hmm. when we went night and day, twenty four seven. You doubt that? Sit down with Brother Ballard and ask him because he was on staff here. Yes, sir. Brother Ramos, we went twenty four seven. We hit it like crazy men, knocking doors, winning souls, getting them down, getting them baptized. There was a price that was paid to get it where it's at right now. Everybody needs to remember that. Mm. And then a lot of those people are dead, and we already buried them, but there's still folks in our church that paid the price to get us to this point. You can't you can't shun them. So I talked about that, but I talked about you're you. You're going to be doing things a little mm-hmm. different, and there's some things you should not ever change. Yeah. <clears throat> and one I warned him about would be the finances. So we talked about philosophy. We talked about how things were done. And and what, I, what I'm thrilled about is, you know, I ran out of time. I didn't run out of vision. In fact, a lot of guys begged me never to, please don't do this. Please don't do i got to do what God tells me to do, not what men tells me to do. Mm-hmm. But, but there are a lot of guys that were more successful between, after their retirement year, years, 70 and 80 years old. Yeah. And you can read this if you want to do some reading on it, mm-hmm. that was tremendously successful. They have the wisdom now and mm-hmm. wherewithal, right? Uh, but what what I wanted to do is is I wanted to get out when I when I could. But I, I I'm saying that that you know we we I had vision. I ran out of time. I didn't run out of vision. Yes, sir. So, and I shared some of the futuristic things that I would do. I think it's I think it's uh, thrills me to know mm-hmm. that Brother Kavanaugh has he listened to that. He didn't have to do those. That was mine. Sure. But he's listening to it, and what he was thinking, that's not a bad that's not a bad vision. Absolutely. So he's kind of doing some of that, which uh, I, I'm thrilled about. Now, things may change and he may not do them all or he may do more, which is fine. Yeah. It's wonderful. But I think that I think that, that thrills me that that uh, that he will then carry on some of what I would would have loved that got mm-hmm. got done if I had time. Ran out of time, <laughs> not out of vision. Well, thank you so much, Preacher, for joining us. And uh, if you want to check out our other episodes on our YouTube channel, make sure that you do that. Make sure that you like this video. Make sure that you share it with somebody that will enjoy it. And uh, we want to grow this YouTube channel and also the audio-only platforms as well. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you.